Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Widows in today's statistics episode. We reap the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. That's right. Today's episode is all about Widows. Uh, a new, very highly anticipated film of mine as a big fan of Steve McQueen and the rest of the movies that he has made. And uh, it's got a pretty in- incredible cast that are all doing some pretty amazing things. So I'm very excited to talk about it and, and get into some of these in- details a little bit deeper. But let's start at the beginning. Uh, Widows. I saw this November 22nd, 2018, almost a week ago now. Uh, It's about 124 minutes, a little over two hours long, and it's a 2018 film. My brief summary, when their husbands are killed on a job, three women are forced to repay the debt. Um, If you've seen the film, that's a little fast and loose with the the specifics, but uh, suffice to say that is the general plot of the movie. Uh, I gave this film an 89, an 89 out of 100, and Rotten Tomatoes has gave it a 91% the last I looked. So a very high score coming from me. Uh, I was really taken by this film and very, very excited to, to talk about it and, and get into it. So the director of Widows, is Mr. Steve McQueen, uh, not the you know, race car driver, but the the older actor, but the director. Uh, Steve McQueen, this is the fourth film of his that I've seen. It keeps his average film rating at an 89 even. It is his only film rated in the 80s and third best film overall, coming in behind Shame and ahead of Hunger. Uh, he increases his value to a 6.5. He has a score of 65.83, which ranks him 47th overall on the director's list, one spot behind Jeff Nichols, and one spot ahead of Phil Lord. Steve McQueen. All right, like, he's already won a Best Picture with 12 Years a Slave. Uh, which, in my opinion, is his best film. Shame is a very close second. I love Shame. I think it's it's incredible as well. And even Hunger, his weakest film, is still very good. He hasn't misfired for me yet. I didn't expect it to happen with Widows. It had too much buzz. It was it had too many good reviews. I I didn't think it would. It just I didn't think it was possible, and. To his credit, it wasn't. You know, he he widows is firing on all cylinders. You've got incredible performances, brilliant writing, uh, the technique, the technical aspects are are perfect, and it all kind of culminates in McQueen's direction. Because Widows, on its surface, is just a heist film, right? It's just about these women taking over the last job of of their husbands to finish it out and, and get some money to repay a debt. Heist film. On the other hand, uh, once you actually are in the movie, you realize, oh, no, no, no. There are a lot of moving pieces happening. Uh, the entire entire conflict revolves around a, I believe it's mayoral? mayoral race um i don't know if they'll tell me that or not uh it's either mayoral or gubernatorial and i'm not um i can't tell shoot um some campaign or, or maybe it's not even that big of, maybe it's not even that big. It might even be, oh man, it might even be um, Alderman or something. Man, now I can't remember. 
Widows Alderman. Yes. Or no, Feral is an Alderman. Yes, it is Alderman. All right, I got there. I got there. All right. Uh, so you have this Alderman campaign race, which kind of frames the whole film uh, between Brian Terry Henry and Colin Farrell for this very uh, not for for a, a district that is incredibly poor uh, has been re re the lines of the district have been redrawn and now you're left with Colin Farrell who barely fits on the district he's like right at the border of it and where they used to have where there used to be a few streets, a small amount of the neighborhood uh, that he is actually living in that were part of this district, now it's almost entirely uh, a completely different economical class of people that are in this district. You know, they were there, a lot of them were there before, but now it's, you know, instead of 50 to 60%, it's like 90 to 100% are, are just completely much much lower class in terms of income whereas Farrell is relatively high class and he is the I guess you would say the front runner to win this uh, race for all this campaign for Alderman and Brian Tyree Henry is the challenger he represents the people he's trying to improve things so that all aside, everything going on with this, the titular widows is kind of happening within that framework. And when you have and for something like that, for for a circumstance and a situation where your primary narrative and your primary plot and your main characters are, not even really like the thing that they're doing is part of a greater whole constructing that in a way so that the greater whole doesn't feel marginalized but also so that the main characters and their problems and their tri trials and tribulations don't feel um you know over overwhelmingly just 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 basically so that, that that they're not overtaking the the point of the greater story is not easy because you know McQueen has to balance a lot of different things he's got racial issues he's got economical issues he's got you know just just pure violence to to contend with and and political issues and and all these different facets of this film that I I went in had no idea it was going to be this complex, this intense. Um, not not to say that McQueen isn't known for making very you know poignant and and socially relevant films, but I mean, for a film that is being heralded as his most accessible, his most commercial, his most appealing film, Widows is a very dense movie, and. McQueen is able to take this this dense story and present it in a way that, in my opinion, is is very easy to follow, is very easy to read along with, and his direction, you know, the way he balances the scenes uh, with Farrell, with with Viola Davis, with the rest of the widows, with Brian Tyree Henry with Daniel Kaluuya, you know, all these characters that he's keeping, just giving you just enough screen time to make sure that they're still, still in the back of your back of your head, and you're you're still aware that they're there, and you're waiting for them to come back. And then when then you know right when you you think, oh man, are we ever gonna see so and so again? They're there again, and you you, you he he just he pulls on these threads so perfectly. Uh, I, I think he does a fantastic job directing Widows. Directing Widows. 
Uh, moving on to the writers. A couple of writers on the film. First being Steve McQueen. This is the second film of his that I've seen that he's written. Uh, drops his average film rating to a 90.5. It is his only film rating in the 80s and weakest film overall, coming in behind Shame. Uh, he has a value of 3.5, a score of 48.75, and is ranked 296th overall. One spot behind George Axelrod, who wrote Breakfast at Tiffany's and The Seven Year Itch. And he is one spot ahead of Jeremy Saulnier, who wrote Green Room, Blue Ruin, and Murder Party. Uh, additionally, you have uh, Gillian Flynn. This is her second film credit. Increases her average film rating to an 86.5. It is her second film rated in the 80s and best film overall, coming in ahead of Gone Girl. She has a value of 3, a score of 46.25, and is ranked 398th overall. One spot behind Warren Beatty, writer, Oscar-nominated writer for Reds and Bullworth, and one spot ahead of Dalton Trumbo. Oscar-winning writer for Roman Holiday. And finally, you have Linda LaPlante. This is her first and only film credit so far. She has an average rating of 89, only film rating in the 80s. It's Widows. She has a value of 1.5, a score of 31.17, and is ranked 1,420th overall. One spot behind Chris Williams, writer of Moana. And one spot ahead of Claudine West, writer, Oscar-winning writer of Mrs. Miniver. Linda LaPlante uh, did not contribute to the actual screenplay for this version of Widows. She created the British uh, miniseries television show that this film was based on. Uh, however, Steve McQueen and Gillian Flynn make a great team. Uh, Gillian Flynn is pretty amazing. Uh, her, I loved her writing on Gone Girl. I thought it was amazing, incredible, all those things. And what she and McQueen are able to do with Widows is brilliant. I think, and I was just thinking about this yesterday, actually, that, you know, you, you, we talk about writing, we talk about these things like best screenplay, and we wonder, if you've never written a screenplay, if you've never read a screenplay, if you've never made a film, I, I think you, you're inclined to believe that 80 to 90%, if not more, of what goes into writing a screenplay is dialogue. And dialogue is very important. Uh, the dialogue in Widows is great. You have a lot, a lot of character interactions, uh, different characters talking about to different people about different things, at the, you know, and there are some fantastic conversations that happen throughout this film. So on that level, I think Widows absolutely excels. It's the remaining, you know, whatever percentage of, of screenwriting that often gets kind of mistaken for other aspects of the film. And it's not 100% clear, you know, where that line is drawn. If we're looking at a scene like, uh, for example, there's a scene where Colin Farrell uh, drives from a rally back to his mansion and it's filmed entirely from outside of his car we hear the conversation happening within it but we can't see the people inside we just hear his conversation with his um wife assistant something to that effect uh i can't remember the appropriate term anyway uh suffice to say it's not clear as you're watching the film what of of, of that scene, uh, you know, whether that shot was written that way in the screenplay to be shot and filmed from outside the camera or outside the car, uh, whether that was a you know a a director's decision, whether that was a cinematographer's decision, uh, you know, maybe somebody somebody else outside of that group that confined around number of people like suggested it commented on it inspired the the decision you're not sure you can't be sure if you're not looking at the screenplay and it's tough to to know you kind of have to on you know you kind of have to go out on a limb a little bit and assume that outside of the dialogue and even the dialogue isn't a perfect 
necessarily a perfect representation of the of the script and screenplay, but what you have to kind of look at is this is a film. If if part of what's happening on the screen is telling the story, it feels like you have to attribute that to the writing, at least to some degree. And so in the scene where they are driving back to Farrell's place and it's all outside of the car, you know, that is a very huge moment in this film. And it reflects a lot about Colin Farrell's character, about the situation that he is in, about the dynamic of this political campaign. And it feels like a thing, you know, like that doesn't just happen. You know, McQueen's not just like, filming from inside the car and is like, you know what, this would, let's try it outside. Let's try it from outside. No, this feels like a very deliberate decision that was made before they set up the scene, you know, intentionally devised to create this feeling of moving from this poor economical area of the city to the very outskirts of this district where Colin Farrell lives and it's very pretty and beautiful and, and lush and rich. So... You know, th- those are things you have to weigh and balance as to whether or not they c- are contributors to from this of the screenplay or otherwise. And kind of blanket across the whole film, all of these tinier moments and tinier aspects are brilliant. <laughs> it, suffice to say, there are some key decisions made throughout the film like this one like the outside of the car shot a lot of these shots where you know the the just the structure of the story how we go how we discover information how it is fed to us how we come to learn oh this character is doing this thing that character is actually supportive of this person as opposed to that person and so on and so on uh, I think the writing, Flynn and McQueen's writing, is just on point and carries you through this film, you know, flawlessly in that respect. So, big fan of the writing, big fan of the direction. Let's get into the actors. First up, we have Mr. Colin Farrell. This is the 28th film of his I've seen. It increases his film average to a 60.36. It is his 7th film rated in the 80s and 2nd best movie overall. Coming in behind 7 Psychopaths and ahead of In Bruges. He has a value of 7.5, a score of 63.83, and is ranked 274th overall. Tied with Tony Curtis and Dick Elliott. One spot behind Leah Seydoux and one spot ahead of Keanu Reeves. Colin Farrell, as I mentioned, he is one of the two men running for alderman. He is white, uh, which is very important. His father uh, was the, has previously been alderman, I believe, in this district. And early on in the film, he is very distraught over the fact that he is they've been redistricted, so that redistricted, so that a, a large, significant chunk of his supporters and people who look more like him than they do like Brian Tyree Henry are not in his district any longer. And we get this opening, one of these opening scenes where he approaches Brian Tyree Henry's campaign office and he says, you know, hey, I'm up this many points in the polls. You should just concede, you know, let's not drag this out, blah, 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 blah. And Brian Tyree Henry just kind of like, yeah, okay, sir. And uh, we kind of progress from there with this sense of kind of kind of unstoppable um, erosion into Farrell's character and campaign as he becomes this, you know, you can see in the scenes that he shares with Robert Duvall, he is far more amicable than Duvall is. He, he is a much more human and, you know, potentially looking out for the, the greater good than Duvall's character seemingly ever was. But you also have to balance that with, yeah, but he's still, like, does he represent this district? Is he 
the person that represents this district? No. But there's this ingrained, this is how it's always been. This is what people have voted for in the past. This is where things are headed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's a very troubling circumstance in that in that way and uh yeah i I think colin farrell does a really good job uh he in a a different movie maybe he's even the standout but he he is completely overshadowed uh in not overshadowed that's that's a that's a uh, exaggeration he is a strong performer in the film but with a film stacked like this one he had a lot um going against him so moving on to the next person is garrett dillahunt this is his 14th film credit uh, it a- increases his average film rating to a 64.43 it is his third film rating in the 80s and fifth best movie overall coming in behind no country for old men and ahead of winter's bone garrett dillahunt uh, has a value of seven a score of 63.38 and is ranked 298th overall tied with Wayne Knight, one spot behind Catherine O'Hara, one spot ahead of Kokotan Kodo. He plays the driver for Viola Davis uh, and uh, her husband, Liam Neeson, throughout most of the film. And, uh, you know, he is fine. You know, he, he find himself, finds himself caught in a situation that uh, is pretty unfortunate towards the middle of the movie. Uh, he... he tries you know when 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 things go sideways you know he is there for viola davis he wants to make sure she's okay and and he can help her out and uh just just i don't know kind of support her as best as he can and he's a nice guy he's a good guy he does he does a lot to help her and, and get her to where she needs to go figuratively and literally but I think he was largely, I don't know, it's not a character that's really going to stay with you too long after the film. He just kind of is there, and uh, he has his moments, and and they are satisfactory. Moving on, another character I think is very similar in in style is Lucas Haas. This is his 18th film credit and increases his average film rating to a 59.89. It is his fifth film rated in the 80s and third best movie overall coming in behind inception and ahead of lincoln he has a value of 4.5 a score 58.4 and is ranked 582nd overall one spot behind lindsey duncan and one spot ahead of may questel may questel uh so lucas haas is kind of the most superfluous character in the film not that he's not relevant to what's going on uh at points but i i found him I was, when he's on the screen, it's pretty much only with Elizabeth Debicki's character, and she is vastly more interesting than he ever is. I get the reasoning for this plot, I, I get for having this side plot, uh, showing this sort of, you know, it's a status thing, it's an economical thing, it's a social thing. I, I've realized that he adds a different aspect to the film, you know, we're living in this district where you know viola davis it doesn't even live in the same district as um colin farrell and brian tyree henry are running and you know she lives in a you know more of an upstate like condo place that she can't really afford when, when things go bad but meanwhile lucas haas and elizabeth the bicky are spending their time in these lavish hotels and Lucas Haas is fine. I think his performance is just fine. I think his aspect to the film is both a blessing and a curse because it does feel like oh we're being take we're taking being taken away from like the main plot, the main thrust of the film, but at the same time everything's edited and written and and structured in such a way that it ne- it's never goes on too long. We never spend too much time with the Lucas Haas character that it drags. Uh, and you do have Elizabeth Debicki, who is firing on all cylinders. And, you know, as long as she's in the scene, it's it's not it's not difficult to get kind of caught up in everything. So 
I like the the message and themes that Haas is presenting in the film and, and how his character amplifies those. But uh, I did find his character, the actual character, a little underwhelming in, in parts. Next up is Daniel Kaluuya. This is his ninth film credit and increases his average film rating to a 64.78. It is his only film rated in the 80s and fourth best movie overall, coming in behind his Oscar-nominated turn in Get Out and ahead of Kick-Ass 2. He has a value of 4.5, a score of 57.5, and is ranked 649th overall. One spot behind Lloyd Kaufman, one spot ahead of Ben Stiller. Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, a lot of talk about Kaluuya about in this film. He plays Jatem Manning, uh, which is a great name, and I love it. He is like an enforcer for Brian Tyree Henry. He's his brother, uh, I think brother, and he gets to really chew some scenery a couple of scenes and he's absolutely brilliant it's chilling uh, there's a bowling alley scene that I just love the framing of that I love the little decisions that Kaluuya makes for his character or you know whoever made them and then you've got uh, the rec room basketball rec room scene uh, where they find these two guys rapping in it's just such a very it's a very strange circumstance but the fallout of that and the subsequent result is is just oh man it's it's sends shivers uh down your spine kaluya is terrifying in this film you know in a way that he wasn't in black panther or uh in kind of the opposite to how he was terrified in Get Out, and I thought he was fantastic. I, I loved every time he was on the screen, uh, and I, I couldn't wait to see you know more from his character and um, the end. The the final, his last scene uh, was actually I, I loved it. I thought it was perfect. It made perfect sense. It followed through with exactly where he'd been headed, and uh, I'm a big fan of it. I loved it a lot. Next up is John Bernthal. This is his 17th film credit. Increases his average film rating to a 60.12. It is his fourth film rated in the 80s and second best movie overall, coming in behind Sicario and ahead of The Wolf of Wall Street. He has a value of 2.5, a score of 56.29, and is ranked 733rd overall, one spot behind Oscar winner Ernest Borgnine and one spot ahead of Natalie Press. John Bernthal uh, plays... Florek, who is uh, Elizabeth Debicki's, I believe, husband uh, early on in the film. Uh, he it works with Liam Neeson he, uh, as they are uh, performing the heist early in the movie. He, his relationship, he, he's not in the movie very long, small role, but his relationship with Elizabeth Debicki is obvious, uh, you know, and it's obvious in a way that isn't just stated uh you know mcqueen and flynn t say speak volumes about this relationship in a just a brief scene at breakfast and it's you know that that's the kind of writing that man you you just kind of tip your hat to because it's it's so perfect and flawless bernthal himself on the other hand you know, does exactly what the script asks for him. It isn't much, but he's there, and he's more than sufficient. Next up is Miss Viola Davis herself. This is her 30th film credit that I've seen. It increases her average film rating to a 55.97. It is her third film rating in the 80s and third best movie overall, coming in behind Traffic and ahead of The Help. Uh, she has... A value of one, a score of 53.47, and is ranked 982nd overall. One spot behind Eric Bana, one spot ahead of Monica Bellucci. Viola Davis plays Veronica. She leads the team. She leads the film. Uh, she is married to Liam Neeson. She is 
put in a very difficult position and makes a lot of very difficult decisions. Uh, and they have a varying degree of success in the in their results and and outcome. She's amazing. Uh, you know, she this is absolutely a great performance of hers. She she carries the film brilliantly. She is able to be tough and she's able to bloviate when the film when the script calls for it, when she needs to be puff up her chest and, you know, be the leader on screen. And she is equally capable of just stripping everything away, just just being vulnerable and and letting the facade kind of break down because it is a facade a lot of the time. You know, she puts on this tough act for the rest of the for the rest of her crew uh, in the face of you know other characters like a Brian Tyree Henry, like a Colin Farrell, uh, even you know even Garrett Dillahunt, and yet you know you get enough from her and out of her when things aren't going her way to see, yeah, she's she's going through a lot. This is taking a lot off of her. And it's not easy. It's it's very tough. And she is, at the end of the day, nothing if not resolute and determined. Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, you compare this to her performance in Fences. I don't know. I couldn't say. I think she was incredible in Fences. I think she's just as incredible in this. I don't know if that gets her to the same place or not, but uh, she is um, undeniably amazing in this movie. Absolutely fantastic. And and everything that involves the dog, she, man, she knows, she does that pitch perfect. Pitch perfect. Viola Davis. Uh, next up is Robert Duvall. This is his 30th film credit. It increases his average film rating to a 56.4. It is his fifth film, rated in the 80s and second best movie overall, coming in behind The Godfather and ahead of Thank You for Smoking. He has a value of 0.5, a score of 53.38, and is ranked 990th overall. One spot ahead of Frank Vincent, one spot below. Or one spot behind Frank Vincent, one spot ahead of Army Hammer. Robert Duvall, as I said, plays the father of Colin Farrell, a former alderman of the same district. He is just uh, just an old white guy who's pretty racist, um, and you know he represents a bygone era. In a sense, uh, you know he is. He, he basically represents what used to be. And Colin Farrell, while clearly a better person than Robert Duvall is, is far from the solution. And, and the film makes that very clear. You know, they argue a lot. And you, you're, you're definitely, when, you're, when you see those two characters interact, you're like, oh yeah, I'm on Farrell's side. He's he, he, lesser of two evils. And that's the point, right? Lesser of two evils. Robert Duvall is the greater of two evils, and uh, yeah, greater of two evils, and that is very representative of our current political landscape in a lot of ways. But Robert Duvall is good. He's good. You know, he doesn't. They don't ask too much of him besides you know kind of being this boisterous old guy, but he's very very good. Next up is Elizabeth Debicki. This is her 10th film credit. It increases her average film rating to a 61. It is her second film rating in the 80s. And best movie overall. Coming in ahead of another film from this year, The Tale. She has a value of 1.5, a score of 52.33, and is ranked 1,092nd overall. One spot behind Michael B. Jordan, and one spot ahead of Carla Jury. Elizabeth Debicki. She plays Alice. Uh, as I mentioned, hus- uh, wife of, of John Bernthal. She is one of the principal members of Viola Davis's crew from the beginning. Uh, she is in the same position. And she is 
for lack of a better term, like uh, almost almost trailer trash uh, in a way. She is at least at the start of the film. It, it things change as the movie progresses, but from the start, you kind of get the impression you know she gets kind of knocked around a lot. She doesn't have much of a backbone for herself. She just kind of lets uh, things happen to her, and through her interactions with Viola Davis, through her continued uh, pursual of, that doesn't sound like a word, through her continued, continuing to pursue this heist, and, and, you know, she realizes very early on, like, hey, I can accomplish this stuff. Uh, Viola Davis gives her and Michelle Rodriguez, like, tasks to complete, and Rodriguez isn't able to complete hers. Whereas Debicki kills her tasks and then some and then takes Rodriguez's task and does that too and it just like it's just that sort of momentum thing like man I did this I did that I did that I could do anything and she really starts to become this this empowered and and full of inner strength woman and it's a beautiful arc for her character you know and and she really does, I would say, in my opinion, outside of Davis, has the best arc of the film. Uh, and, and Elizabeth Debicki is fantastic as, as Alice. I, I really loved her in this movie. Next up is Adepero Oduye. This is her ninth film credit. Increases her average film rating to 59.89. It is her third film rated in the 80s and third best movie overall. Coming in behind the big short and head of Half Nelson. Uh, Oduye plays... If I can find her. Uh, Bruchelle. Uh, in the film. Uh, which I believe is... Oh man, I'm not gonna remember. I want to say that she was the one in the hair salon, but I'm not. I'm not 100% sure. I think that's who she was. I think she was the hair salon owner, uh, and she's fine. She she's largely absent from the film. She gets a little, a nice little you know bookend sort of thing, uh, relative to the Cynthia Erivo character. Uh, but she's fine. She doesn't. She, she's not very in the film very much. Next up is Liam Neeson. This is his 51st film credit. It increases his average film rating to a 54.61. It is his seventh film rating in the 80s and third best movie overall, coming in behind Batman Begins and ahead of Schindler's List. Uh, he has a value of negative two, a score of 50.55, and is ranked 1,283rd overall, one spot behind Billy Bob Thornton, one spot ahead of. Alia Shawkat and Elizabeth Moss. And Liam Neeson plays Harry Rawlings. He is the husband of Viola Davis. And I can't really say anything more than that. I thought he was good. He has a great scene in a flashback to a funeral where we get a close-up on his face. And uh, man, it is it is a rough scene. And uh, some of the best acting from Liam Neeson in that one scene that I've seen in quite some time. Uh, so he does a good job. I, I really liked him in this movie. Um, his role is relatively, he's definitely supporting. He's a relatively minor role, but I really enjoyed him in this movie. Next up is Kevin J. O'Connor. This is his 12th film credit. It increases his average film rating to a 52.42. It is his third film rating in the 80s and second best movie overall. Coming in behind The Master, coming in ahead of Gods and Monsters. He has a value of negative 0.5, a score of 44.43, and is ranked 2015th overall. One spot behind Kerry Brownstein, and one spot ahead of Tim Piggott-Smith. And... Kevin J. O'Connor plays Bobby Welsh uh, in the film, and that's all I know. I, he was a minor role. Next up is Carrie Coon. This is her eighth film credit. Incre uh, increases her average film rating to a 54.75. It is her second film in, rated in the 80s and best movie overall, coming in ahead of Gone Girl. She has a value of negative 0.5, a score of 43.3, and is ranked 2,167th overall. One spot behind Slim Kesri. 
who was in Steve Jobs and The Martian, one spot ahead of Christopher Walken. Carrie Coon is unfortunately not in the movie enough, in my opinion. Uh, she does play a pivotal role uh, towards the middle of the film uh, as one of the titular widows, but I, I think her she and she's good in her role, but I do wish she she had. I don't know how you give her more screen time, given what her character does and and how she's related to everything, but it is a shame because I think she was she has the. I loved her in Gone Girl. She was amazing in Gone Girl. She's good in this, but but doesn't really get the size of the role enough to to spread her wings more. Next up is Matt Walsh. This is his 24th film credit. Increases his average film rating to a 50.5. It is his third film rating in the 80s and best movie overall, coming in ahead of The Hangover. He has a value of negative 4.5, a score of 42.12, and is ranked 2,320th overall, one spot behind Isaiah Whitlock Jr., one spot ahead of Simon Helberg. Uh, Matt Walsh has one scene, I believe, which is fine. He is asked to be... Skeevy, and he is suitably skeevy. Good job. Next up is Michelle Rodriguez. This is her 13th film credit. It increases her average film rating to a 50.38. It is her first film rated in the 80s and second best movie overall, coming in behind Avatar uh, and ahead of Girl Fight. Uh, she has a value of negative 3.5, a score of 40.17, and is ranked 2,596th overall. First, I want to say, before we talk about Rodriguez's character, Avatar, currently rated higher than Widows, is on shaky ground. I haven't seen that since it, since like it came out on DVD, and that's like, I don't know, it's like nine years ago, eight years ago. So... There's a decent chance that that drops and Widows becomes Rodriguez's best film. If I when I see that again, before I get any like how do you have Avatar over Widows. Anyway, Michelle Rodriguez as one of the widows. Uh, she is a mother of two uh, who uses Cynthia Erivo as her babysitter at times, and. Um, I don't know. She she definitely has. I I think of the principal three characters, which would be Davis, Rodriguez, and Debicki. She gets the short end of the stick. Uh, I thought, outside of her, you know, plight, uh, I thought she felt the most um, stereotypical character. I felt I knew her from the beginning, and I didn't feel like anything had really changed by the end. I don't know. I, I wasn't as high on Michelle Rodriguez. I thought her performance was fine, but I, I thought her character was kind of bleh, and one of the weaker points of the film for me. Uh, next up is Jackie Weaver. This is her 13th film credit. Increases her average film rating to a 49.92. It is her second film. Rated in the 80s and second best movie overall, coming in behind Silver Linings Playbook and ahead of Animal Kingdom. She has a value of negative 3.5, a score of 39.77, and is ranked 2,655th overall, one spot behind Ken Jeong, one spot ahead of Sharon Stone. Jackie Weaver plays Elizabeth Debicki's mother, and she is harsh. Uh, she is rough, and only further serves the Elizabeth Debicki story which is great. Uh, she Weaver is in the movie for, I think, two scenes, maybe, and she is her presence is felt in those two scenes, and beyond any time you see Debicki on screen, you kind of have that shadow of whack Jackie Weaver over top of her uh, in, in the background, just kind of, like, judging. And I, I really like Jackie Weaver in this movie. She did a great job. Next up is Cynthia Arrivo. This is her second film credit. It increases her average film rating to a 67.5. It is her only film in the 80s. Best film overall. Coming in ahead of Bad Times at the El Royale. She has a value of 0.5, a score of 34.25, and is ranked 3,332nd overall. One spot behind Timothy Oliphant, and one spot ahead of Kathleen Turner. And Cynthia Arrivo is... I was not a fan of hers in Bad Times at the El Royale. I thought she was just kind of meh 
she's good in this. She's very good in in this film. Uh, her role kind of is introduced and takes uh, on uh, meaning about halfway through the film, a little maybe a little less than that. And uh, she is, I don't know, she she's more than than capable in her her role, not only as part of this team, but also just as an actor in the film. She she never steals the scene, but she is a perfect complement to the other characters involved. Uh, her, I, I I saw this on Twitter and have heard this mentioned. You know, she runs really well on screen, uh, which is something that cannot be said about. The majority of actors, um, which is frustrating when they're asked to run in a movie. But yeah, a uh, smaller role, but definitely, you know, lasting and, and leaves an impression. And I, I'm, I wasn't super excited about her after El Royale, and I was kind of worried knowing that she was going to be in Widows, but no, she, she alleviated any concerns I had. Next up is Manuel Garcia Rulfo. This is his sixth film credit, increases his average film rating to a 47. It is his only film in the 80s and best movie overall, coming in ahead of Cake. It increases his value to a negative 2.5, his score to a 32.75. He is ranked 3,482nd overall, one spot behind Shaz Palminteri, and one spot ahead of Anna Anna Ferris. And Manuel Garcia Rulfo is Carlos. Uh, I believe he plays the husband of Carrie Coon's character. And he, uh, like a John Bernthal, is there long enough to leave him, to define the relationship, and that's about it. Next up is Brian Tyree Henry. This is his fifth film credit. Increases his average film rate to a 47.6. It is his only film in the 80s. Best movie overall, coming in ahead of White Boy Rick from this year. He has a value of negative 2, a score of 32, and is ranked 3,564th overall, one spot, Behind Delroy Lindo, and one spot ahead of Kumail Nanjiani. Brian Tyree Henry. We talked about him a lot. He's running opposite Colin Farrell. He's the the people's candidate kind of thing. But he is entrenched in some pretty unsavory shit. Like, not to get into too many specifics, but Daniel Kaluuya is kind of a bad guy. Working for Brian Tyree Henry, his brother. And... It's there's there's a lot to like about Brian Tyree Henry up until you see his kind of meaner, nastier side, and and then it does really come into place. Like that lesser of two evils thing is really in play in this film, and I you know the film makes the case that. You, it's tough to know who is the lesser of two evils because Brian Tyree Henry, at first, you're really on board with him and he seems like a much better candidate, but then the situation changes and, and circumstances uh, are, are not as clear as they used to be. Henry uh, himself is fantastic. I, I think he's great in the role. I don't think he gets a ton to do, unfortunately, but I really did love him uh, in this role. And that's it for actors. Uh, uh, Widows has an 89. It's a 2018 film. And it is a crime drama. It increases the average rating of crimes, crime movies to 56.04 and dramas to 58.58. It is a three on the Bechtel test, increasing the average rating of the average score of those movies, all movies to 1.42. And it's rated R. Currently no Oscars, but... That remains to be seen. I think it has a good chance at at least getting a few nominations. Circle of Film Awards, however. Coming in hot. Uh, a nomination for Best Picture, Best Director for McQueen, Best Lead for Viola Davis, Best Support, Best Supporting Performance for both Elizabeth Debicki and Daniel Kaluuya, Best Screenplay for McQueen and Gillian Flynn, and Best Special Effects. Great film. Uh, absolutely great. Uh, it's definitely in the conversation of best scene, but does not have a slot there right now. Uh, and and it looks good for uh, s- certainly a few of these to make to, to last the whole way. 
through the remaining gauntlet of films to be to come out and uh, we'll see just whether it can continue um yeah that being said uh so that's seven nominations. That is the second highest number right now behind Burning with eight. Uh, moving on to the year, it is the two, one of the 270 films I've seen from 2018. It is one of the 1,704 films I've seen this calendar year. Increases the average film rating to 43.19. Increases the tomato meter to 61.04. It is the 37th crime film and 128th drama I've seen from this year. It is a good film, increasing the ratio of good to bad films from 2018 to 50%, or 1 to 2, 0.5, one of the 76 good films. Uh, it is a 3 on the Bechtel test, part of the 53.7% of films from 2018 that also have a 3, and it is one of the it is the 116th R-rated film of this year. With a rating of 89, it is one of the 65 films to receive that rating, none of them came out in 2018 but if we go back to 2017 it falls right in line with two movies the shape of water best picture winner from last year and blade runner 2049 that is widows thank you for listening to today's episode i really do appreciate it uh and now the outro courtesy of meg berquist thank you for listening to today's episode if you would like to listen to more episodes you can find this podcast at circleoffilm.com or on itunes don't forget to rate and review. If you'd like to follow Ryan on Twitter, you can find him at Circle of Film or contact him through email at circleoffilm at gmail.com. You can also support the show at patreon.com slash circleoffilm for as little as eight cents an episode. Thank you again for listening and have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same tonight. I know she'll never leave me even as she Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.